Welcome to the Global Shift Podcast. I am your host, George S. Peterson. Join me as we discover how together we can not only create a shift in our own life, but in the lives of everyone we come into contact with. Learn how being of service, having a toolkit, and community can aid us in creating a more peaceful, happy, healthy world for all. Welcome to another episode of the Global Shift Podcast. I'm your host, George S. Peterson. Thank you for joining me. Today, Sydney and I are actually headed to our Nourish Mindful Events, Vedic Meditation, Rounding, and Breathwork Retreat that we're hosting with Jillian L. Hanna, who is the Breathwork Healer one-third of our retreat group, Nourish, and we host these destination retreats all across the country. And Sydney and I have, in the last few years of hosting these retreats, decided that we really enjoy road trips across the country. So we're currently actually sitting in the parking lot of an organic grocery store in the middle of Iowa, halfway to our destination, which is Zion National Park, where we will be hosting our week-long retreat that starts at the end of the month, May 27th through June 3rd. And I had another episode I was thinking about putting out for today for you guys, but I decided that I wanted to talk to Sydney about a story that she had told me that I thought might be nice for her to share on the podcast. And I figured maybe we could do a short solo episode together where she shares that story. And I'll give you a little bit of an intro as to why I thought it might be nice for her to share this with you today. But Sydney, do you want to acknowledge that you're here with me? Hi, George. Hi, uh, Global Shifters. Um I just want to, again, as always, share my gratitude for being able to um, speak on this platform, especially in this van that we're currently in uh, driving across the country. It's pretty sweet. So thank you. Yeah, it's nice to, you know, we bought this, we purchased this more expensive podcast equipment. And actually with this Zoom, it's called H6 Handy Recorder. I... Learned about this actually through one of my podcast inspirations, Rich Roll. I actually don't even need my laptop to record these episodes. It's a handheld recorder and my Shure microphone. And here we are in the back of a van. And I actually was excited about doing this too. And one of the reasons uh, it felt charming to me was because you know, part of me has always wanted to live in a van and just travel and teach meditation. So, you know, part of what I do is put out a podcast for you every Monday. So here we are testing out to see if making a podcast is still possible when you live in a van. Yeah. I mean, we've been in the van for a couple of days now and we have a blow up mattress in here and it's been pretty comfy and cozy. That's where we are right now, laying on in the back 
in the air mattress. And I, I do enjoy um, traveling and be able to see parts of our country that you can't necessarily see when you're up in the air. And so I um, never, you know, take for granted this time that we have together. Yes. Yeah, so recently on the podcast, just a few episodes back, if you haven't heard the episode, go check it out. I had Jeff Krasno, who is the founder of one of the biggest yoga festivals, if not the biggest yoga festival of all time, Wonderlust, which is a huge yoga festival where I actually met my meditation teacher, Light Watkins, for the first time, one of my other colleagues and good friends and previous podcast guest, Emily Fletcher, for the first time, as well as one of my other previous podcast guests, Elena Brower, who's somebody who introduced me to Ali Bogard, both of whom are very dear to me. And on the podcast, I actually posted this clip on my Instagram, which is George S. Peterson underscore meditation, where Jeff talked about how, you know, he was talking to Dr. Gabor Mate, and who's a trauma specialist doctor. He's considered, I think, one of the number one addiction and trauma specialist in the world. He was saying, how isn't it interesting how children, but not just children, how we all on some level sacrifice authenticity for connection. And he talked about the difference between, according to Brene Brown, who you are probably familiar with, how she talks about the difference between Fitting in and belonging and fitting in being where we sacrifice our authenticity in order to be accepted by a group and belonging being where we maintain who we are and still are accepted. And Sydney shared with me, and I just love that idea because, you know, part of what I teach when I teach Vedic meditation and we do these knowledge talks we do in the evenings on our retreats is the way we help the most amount of people and can really just in itself make a huge impact in this life is just by being our most authentic self. And so I thought it was nice to talk about this, have Sydney share a story that I think is relatable for everybody about a way that, you know, she sacrificed her most authentic self for connection because I think on some level, we're all doing that. And I think part of our inner work is to learn to stop sacrificing who we are for the connection of anyone else. Yeah. So this story um, is a is a pretty simple story. And I feel like a lot of people could relate to it. And a lot of people probably have something similar that they've gone through in their own lives. And so... What happened was basically I went to a liberal arts college in a very small school. Uh, I, I, you know, I had your typical undergrad experience, had a great little group of friends. And um, we when we all graduated, we moved to Boston together and you know, as a normal, you know, after college experience, you're trying, you know, all of a sudden you have all these bills and you have to pay rent and, you know, you're buying your own food and and college is such an interesting environment because 
you have a little bit of freedom, but then you also are protected a little bit still. And so when you graduate, you're on your own um, pretty much entirely. And so um, I, I graduated with a psychology and a women's studies degree, like probably half of the United States who didn't know what they wanted to do with their lives. They decided to get psychology or sociology degrees <laughs> because I was curious. And psychology, you know, is the study of the brain. And so I was curious about the inner workings of, of humans. I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, but I I had that curiosity about how we move through the world. And so, you know, I, you know, fast forward, I, I moved to Boston and this is a whole new experience for me. I'm, I, you know, can probably label myself as somewhat of an introvert in certain ways where I don't, you know, love big cities, but, um, I, I love my home. And so it was a lot of, you know, new Boston's a, a rather large city. It was a lot of changes. And so I was applying to a, a ton of jobs, whether it's in hospitals, to be an administrative assistant, schools, whatever it could be. I was on the computer 24 seven trying to find jobs along with everyone else in the city of Boston. And so I couldn't find a job, uh, in my, the realm of psychology and what I went to school for, right? In your field of study. In my field of study, per se. And so, long story short, my best friend and I were like, okay, we need to get jobs stat. And so, we decided to apply at this local grocery store that was in walking distance to our apartment. Because I saw that they were hiring, we knew someone else that was working there, and they were like, oh, this is actually a really great job. You guys should apply. And we were like, okay. And so, unfortunately, what happens in in those circumstances is your ego kicks in, right? And it tells you, you know, you're going to be working at a grocery store when you just graduated college and you have tens of thousands of dollars in debt. This is what you're going to do with your life. And so, when I first applied, that those thoughts came in my mind. And so I was already had low, you know, self-worth, self-esteem because of those conversations that I was having with myself and worried about what other people thought of me, worried about what my parents thought about me, worried about, um, you know, if I see people in the grocery store that I knew from college, all those things, worried about being less than. And so I applied, I got the job, you know, I had a paycheck great. Awesome. And so not long after I got that job, um, one of my friends was like, let's go to a party with other people. I didn't know anyone, but it was some people that she knew from her hometown and they were all living in another part of the city. And so we decided to go to the party. So she said basically to me, you know, just pretend like you work for the same company as me. As if now me thinking in my head, okay, so she's saying this because she wants me to be perceived a certain way. Or maybe because, you know, I'm single, I might be more appealing to the other men in the room or whatever it may be. And so for that moment, that that one statement, why don't you pretend like you are working for a different company? made it seem to me like I wasn't worthy 
of being in that crowd, being in that space. And this conversation isn't to, you know, call people out. It's actually like George says to call people in because I can now see that this from her, her statement there was her moving through the world the best that she could. And for me, allowing someone to say that to me and allowing those thoughts to take over my, my thinking brain was the best that I could have done in that circumstance. And so this, you know, this little story is basically just to, to note to people like, hey, the happiness lies within you. Well, what I liked what you shared there is about how the happiness is lying within you because it's really when we make decisions where we sacrifice our authenticity for connection is because our happiness is still dependent on things outside of ourselves. And that's why the most important thing we can do is cultivate our own internal fulfillment because that is what we're basing all of our decisions or all of our decisions are being based off. And so if we're not internally fulfilled, then we're going to be dependent on things outside of ourselves for happiness and how people perceive us, which is what you just described in the story you just shared with us. And we're going to be a slave to the world around us and our happiness being dependent upon people, places, and circumstances. And so this is why we do our inner work because every time that we take time to meditate every day, do a practice like breath work or any of our other inner work, what these practices do is they help us to graduate from that older version of ourself to a newer version of us whose happiness is a little bit less dependent on the things outside of ourself. That newer version of us who can source more what's right for us internally and isn't so in a state of object referral where they're primarily sourcing what's right from them, from the world around them. Because the funny thing about that story is, is like, while somebody could say or judge and say like, oh, that's not a good enough thing for you to be doing, to be working there. Well, you know, it reminds me of something I heard my meditation teacher say, which is, you know, that he can't look back on his life and see any part of his path that wasn't part of his purpose. Think about, you know, let's say you did get a quote unquote better job that was more acceptable, you know, by people who were your friend group at that time. And again, Nothing's wrong with any of these people and there was nothing wrong for you for the way that you chose to behave in that situation. You guys were all doing the best you could from your own level of consciousness. And as you start to do more of your inner work, you shift from more of a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. And part of an abundance mindset is realizing everybody's doing the best they can. And that if you had the same upbringing, the same trauma, the same past lives, that you would make the exact same decisions as they did. But going back to like, you know, saying, you know, if you had been instead in a different job that was more acceptable by that group, it's like you, we would have never met. We wouldn't be doing nourish. You wouldn't have the purpose probably you have today. You know, you've been able to help so many people as a chef on our retreats. You know, women from our retreats have 
in some sense, done mentoring with you. And that's all come about because you had this job that, quote unquote, was seen by you even at that time and by others as like not good enough. Yeah. And even, you know, that job in the beginning, I remember, you know, so clearly there would be people that would come from my college and I would see them and recognize them. And I would, you know, have the the outfit on the the grocery store outfit on and I would feel so shameful, you know, and and I'm just sharing this because I feel like I'm not the only one who's felt this way about certain parts of themselves as they, you know, we've cast shadows on certain aspects. It doesn't have to be a job. It could be anything. And that job allowed me to believe in myself more because I I needed to start to not worry about what other people thought of me so much. But there's a reason we can't stop worrying about, you know, what other people think or, you know, making decisions based on that. And it's because of the, you know, the past stress that's stored inside of our body in like situations like that, that creates more stress. And then any sort of memory related to that stressful situation from the past can cause us to keep operating in that same way. And so we need to prioritize doing our inner work so we can start to liberate ourselves from our past. So we're not somebody who, you know, in 10 to 15 years is still holding on to something that happened to us. And so I think that, you know, these are all stories that we can relate to, but I believe that the way that we can start to source more of what's right for us internally from our own inner guidance that knows what our path and our purpose is and to not have our happiness be dependent on things outside of ourselves so we don't make these decisions based on the fear of others is by you know, prioritizing our inner work. I think it's the most important thing that we can do. Yeah. The more that we learn about ourselves, the more we excavate that that stress inside of our body, we can tune into who we are uh, in an authentic way. And the, that allows us to really represent ourselves outwardly in a way that we're proud of. Yeah. And I think the last thing I want to say here before we wrap up is that we're all on this path of becoming our most authentic self, more authentic, who we are at a soul level. We're all on that path. The difference is when you're doing the inner work, I remember hearing my teacher say, you're just fast tracking that process. And so the beautiful thing about that is when we're fast tracking that process, we're going to experience less moments of, oh my God, you know, bad situation. I wish that hadn't happened in more moments of like, wow, this is wonderful. Even though that thing was tough, I went through, I was able to see how I was able to learn a lot going through it. So it doesn't mean it's going to make it any easier, but life feels more aligned when we're prioritizing our inner work. Yeah. And the reason why I like sharing these personal stories is because it allows other people to not feel so so much shame around what they have gone through, even if it's a simple conversation like the one that I had with with my friend saying saying that. And um, the more that we can do that, the more we can be vulnerable, the less 
stigma there is around having those negative thoughts or feeling that certain way about yourself or feeling a certain way about someone else. And we can create more compassion and empathy for not only other people, but for ourselves. And one thing that I've noticed being on retreats and being in intimate settings with other people who don't really know each other a lot, the more that we can be vulnerable and outward with how we feel in our stories with other people, the more healing there is and the more understanding and the more closeness and less separation. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great way to end and really grateful for your vulnerability and authenticity. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure if you have time to leave a review, it would be greatly appreciated. Maybe even write underneath a few episodes if you enjoyed this one, like this one that you enjoyed for the new listener. And me, Jill, and Sib will be coming to you next week from Zion during the middle of our retreat. So until then, we look forward to connecting with you. Jager Dave, namaste. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.